Welcome to the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast. This is the show where newcomers and professionals alike come to learn more about stage lighting. And now your host, David Henry. All right. Hey, everybody. Super excited to have you here again this week. It is free Q&A Tuesday. So what does that mean here on the Learn Stage Lighting Podcast? Well, free Q&A Tuesday is simply the day where I come and answer your questions. So folks write in at uh, learnstagelighting.com slash contact, or sometimes just reply to my emails. Uh, if you don't get those emails, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. And um, they write in and I pull them up here, copy and paste them into my show notes and uh, answer them here on the fly. And so this is uh, pretty much unrehearsed. You know, I just simply look at the questions. I copy and paste them uh, into the show notes. I glance over them sort of, but I don't really read them. And so that you can see as I answer them here, not only um, my answer, but also the thought process. Also, hey, how do I get there? How do I think through this to help you solve your lighting problems? Now, today's show is brought to you by Learn Stage Lighting Labs, okay? And uh, that's a program that I run. It's a membership, a, a way online for you to simply subscribe for a low monthly, quarterly, or yearly cost. Of course, yearly is the best value. And you're going to get access to tens of hours of training videos. Okay, there's over 30 in there now. Um, but that's not the point that matters because not all of them are going to apply to you. But what is going to apply to you is um, some of the training videos are going to apply to your specific circumstance and, and they're organized in action plans, which are going to help you to take action and to quickly and as efficiently as possible apply what you're learning in the videos to your lighting. So you can create great lighting and really take a shortcut to doing that. That's my ultimate goal there. And, and that's why we pair those action plans with the forums where you can ask me questions and similar to this show, but not like this show is we can go back and forth and, you know, over just a matter of days and really get to the bottom of what you need and apply what you're learning in the lessons in the action plans to your lighting. So Definitely go ahead and check that out. We'll have a link in the show notes for that. Um, you can also go to learnstagelighting.com slash labs and I'll learn more about that. Now, I mentioned about my emails. That's how folks often ask questions here. They just reply to the emails I send or sometimes if I'm a little low on questions, I'll send out an email asking for some more and you can get on that. You can get a free guide to help really begin with lighting at learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. There, I'm going to ask you a couple quick questions and uh, be able to send you a guide that's personalized to your exact type of lighting. So learnstagelighting.com slash quiz. Be sure not to mess that. All right. So today, I don't really have any uh, lighting news. I don't really have anything else to cover. So let's dive into your questions and answer what you're asking about this week. I'm excited because I was copying and pasting and just seeing what kinds of different things were, were here in the questions today. And there's a lot of variety. There really is. There's a ton of variety today. And I'm, I'm always pumped about that. I'm pumped to see that. So first question, Mike writes in and uh, says, Hey, David, how can I set up the new Onyx software to be controlled from my iPad? Some bars have no place for a console, so I need to be portable. I can set my laptop backstage, but need to be able to run it from a tablet because of limited space. How would I set this up? Awesome, Mike. This is this is pretty simple. So you've got two options. And I'm going to link in the show notes to two videos that are really going to help you. Because you're on iOS, there is the Onyx Remote, which is a free iOS app, which you can control Onyx with. And then there's Touch OSC, which you can also use Android or iOS 
to control Onyx via a tablet. Now, it may sound like these are the same things, but and they've got similarities, but they're also different. So the Onyx remote is directly connected into the software, and it's a little more programming oriented, but you can play things back as well. Whereas the Touch OSC is a little more playback oriented, but you can program things as well. So I'm going to link to those two videos. I've got videos on YouTube that are going to show you how to set both of them up with Onyx. And you can kind of get a glimpse from those two videos, you know, just about 11 minutes of watching as to which one would be right for you. Um, Touch OSC is, is free to integrate with Onyx. Um, the app itself costs, I think, four or five dollars. So either way, you're not breaking the bank if you already got the tablet, which, you know, a lot of people do these days. And uh, then you're able to just set your laptop up, you know, connect it to a wireless network and uh, be able to control it via the Onyx remote or via Touch OS C. So I'll have those links in the show notes. Awesome. Now, David writes him and says, can I use the M-Touch? Oh, that's an, a piece of Onyx hardware, like we were just talking about, with a Mac to control through LightKey. I know you can't, David. That's the quick answer there. Is uh, the M-Touch, though, it looks like MIDI controllers. You know, some other things that are on the market, um, you, you can't use it as a MIDI controller. It's a direct connection to Onyx, and so um, you're not going to be able to do that. However, um, LightKey, as you may be aware, can use MIDI controllers, so you can get a pretty inexpensive MIDI controller, and uh, depending on how many faders, how many buttons you want, and, and be able to connect that with Onyx, and then you'll be off, or not Onyx, with LightKey. And then you'll be off to the races there. Oh, you also wrote, I have six Chave Q-Spot 260s with a color wheel. Is there any way I could warm the white on the color wheel? Um, I'm looking up this fixture quick just to make sure um, that my, my quick response, my first answer is no. Um, you probably can't. But let me just Google this one and, and make sure I have the uh, proper info. Okay, so this is what I thought it is. It's a early LED unit. Um, yeah, they released them in 2012. So in, in the, you know, in the scope of LED fixtures as a whole, um, wow, you know, that's, that's really early. So we've got the go fix go. We got one color wheel. Um, yeah, you're not going to be able to warm that white up at all. Unfortunately, you know, it's a, it's an old LED, so it's probably really cold. Actually, I think I've used these. I think I used these when I was on a tour at one point a few years ago. And so, unfortunately, there's there's really no way to warm that white up. It looks like a color-wise, let's just double check. Yeah, you've got a light blue, you've got an orange, you've got a light green, but you don't have like a light orange in that color wheel. There's nothing in the gobo wheel either. So, yeah, unfortunately, um, you're not going to be able to, you're really not going to be able to warm that up. The only thing you could do, and this is a little bit um, unorthodox, but you could get some yaff tape. Um, just gaffer's tape, look it up on Amazon if you're not familiar with it. It's what we use to tape things in the lighting industry if you're if you're not familiar with it. And it's it's similar to duct tape, but much less messy, much more forgiving. And you can get some gel, okay? So gel is the color filters that we put in front of lights, um, specifically usually conventional lights, which I know are kind of, you know, on their way out per se, but I used to use them all the time. And you could get some CTO gel, you know, maybe just go ahead, like I just typed into Amazon here, and I'll make sure that we link this in the show notes, CTO gel. And then I would start, you know, I don't know what, what the unit looks like, but I would start with what's called like a half CTO, okay? And I would go ahead and literally on Amazon, 
Ooh, that's expensive. You might want to look other places than Amazon, but it's like 15 bucks a sheet. Um, oh, here's one that's that's selling it for $6.99. Perfect. Okay, that's a better price. Um, and so, and, and for that, you get a 24 by 21 inch sheet. So I'm going to make sure I link to that in the show notes for you. Um, but um, basically, you could just literally go ahead and tape that over the front of the light and it's going to make the output a little more orange. Okay. That's going to, that's going to do what you want. Now, of course, that's going to make the output orange on everything. So all the colors are going to be a slight bit orange, but overall, you know, a half CTO like that, you could even double it up if you need a full CTO. Um, you know, overall, um, just experiment with it, you know, tape it over the front and, and see if it works out, if it's the way that if, if you like how it looks. You know, and when and once you, you know, kind of get it figured, you could probably cut a nice circle and tape it pretty cleanly and make it look pretty good overall. And that might be your answer. You know, other than that, there's there's really nothing you can do inside of the light um, itself. So hope that helps, David. Um, that might be helpful to you. It might not. But the information here is free. So I guess you get what you pay for. <laughs> now, uh, Re writes in a Ram, not sure uh, he's in India or he or she is in India. Um this is exactly what he needs. Okay. You're an architectural lighting designer in India. Um, and you've been learning about DMX. You're an aspiring street artist. Um, and you want to create temporary installations and shows. You like to work with DJs and bands as well as a hobby. Uh, so you want to know what would serve your purpose better, a console or software as a beginner. What should you buy? Okay. Reese. So I would definitely go ahead. And if you're going to buy anything, you know, when you're starting out, it totally makes sense to buy a console first. And today, especially on the lower end, when, when you're first starting out with lighting, um, it's, it's definitely going to be more beneficial to buy software because a lot of these consoles, whether it's a big console or an entry-level console, um, they, they really, you know, are, um, they have great software now. And so you can use a professional-grade console, which is awesome, and you can literally go ahead and have the full software that runs on a console that might cost, you know, 60000 or $30,000 US. And you can have that software on your PC. And so I would definitely recommend, you know, some sort of PC with um, a control situation. You know, if you're looking to do this at a professional level, I would look at Elation's Onyx software, um, which I link to a lot. And so I'll make sure I link to that here in the show notes. Um, but I'm also going to link to a post for you on finding your first lighting console. Okay. So that you can look at both of those and kind of see, you know, is Onyx what you want to use? Or does it look like overkill and a little too much of a learning curve? And maybe, excuse me, and maybe you go with something that's just a little more simple to begin. I'm not sure. Again, you know, you're starting from scratch, so you might not want Onyx. But at the same time, if you do want to do this professionally, you really want to take the time and be able to learn, you know, what it takes to to use a professional lighting console. Then Onyx, I really believe, out of all the professional consoles out there, is the best in terms of, you know, cost effectiveness, um, the ease of use, on, especially on the PC version, but all the way up to the big consoles and just overall value. I think it's it's just it really, you know, sets itself apart in those ways. There's other good consoles out there for sure, but um, Onyx is definitely my pick. So take a look at those links and uh, I think that'll help you really decide what to get first. All right. Nick writes in and says, I'm looking at purchasing 
a new 15-inch MacBook Pro to use in university for lighting design. Um, While I've listened to the podcast about what computer to use, you've tried using Windows and you prefer the Mac interface, and would be happy to boot camp the Mac to use such software if I needed to. You're wondering if I had any specific advice for software based on my experiences as a Mac user um, that might help you. I'm looking at using Vectorworks instead of AutoCAD. Um, Yeah, absolutely, Nick. So you're going to find, especially on the console side of things, there's a lot less consoles if you need to use console software. There's a lot less consoles that run on Mac than PC. But, you know, if you're open to boot camping, then, which is, um, for those who may not be familiar, it's, it's literally running Windows on a Mac. You, you shut down the Mac and you start it up in Windows mode and then you run it. It's basically just a PC at that point. Um, so boot camping is great. But, um, yeah, you know, Vectorworks, I got to tell you, man, I don't know what they're teaching you in your university as to what the standards are. But when I look at the concert market or the corporate events market here in the U.S., um, Vectorworks reigns supreme. Now, if you're looking at lighting design for like an architectural standpoint, you know, and building buildings and permanent installs, then I think AutoCAD is a little more popular overall than Vectorworks. But in the the live event sector, certainly of the industry, Vectorworks is is way more popular. And uh, it obviously runs on both PCs and Macs. So, yeah, Nick, um, that that's my best recommendation to you. If if you do need to run control software, you know consoles. Um, I'll link to a post about consoles for Macs on Learn Stage Lighting. Um, Car will find that in the show notes. Just um, finding the uh, how do I run lights from my Mac? Um, what software can I use? And uh, I've got some options there that you can check out as well if you're looking for a console, but you might not be. Um, so Aaron writes in. Um, hope I pronounced that right. I'm using the DMX controller 1024. Okay, let me just go to my tab on that. And the display function does not work. Cannot wipe it, cannot patch. All the work is done, but I cannot function. Okay, so Aaron, um, I'm vaguely familiar with this. This is uh, distributed by Roby, it looks like, and it's a uh, Elation Show Designer 3 that has a different name slapped on it. And so I don't have a ton of familiar familiarity with this console, but... If you've looked in the manual and you can't find how to get that display function to work, then I would go ahead and call tech support, okay? You know, go to Roby's website, roby.cz, R-O-B-E.cz, and uh, go to support or contact us, and uh, you'll be able to find your local office, and you'll be able to contact them and, and just see, you know, you might be missing something really simple that's in that console that I'm not aware of because it's been a long time since I touched one of those things, Um and, or maybe if it's broken, maybe you need to send it in for repair. So that would be my best bet there. All right. So next, Andrew writes in. And uh, Andrew wrote about, okay, so they've got a lighting set up at their church that was done years ago. Um, and whoever did the install is no longer around. Okay, so they're looking at changing the lighting and uh, maybe upgrading some of it. However, um, the lights are grouped together and they want them to not be grouped. So when they bring up some of the channel faders... Um, two or more comes on instead of one. So on the board, we notice the light indicator uh, for multiple channels comes on and you'd like to remove that grouping. Okay, so what are we using? Let's see, we're using, oh, we're using a Leprechaun LP1500 series, a 1536. Great console. So you're asking, um, should I do a full reset or be able to adjust what's what's going on there, etc. So yeah, um, Andrew, I guess it depends on how intense of a change you want. 
if it's mostly right and you just want to modify, you know, some of the patch inside that console, some of how it, it brings up different lights together, then that's not difficult to modify what's already there. If you think you need to change a lot and it probably, you know, would make sense just to start from scratch, then, you know, go ahead and, and wipe that console. Um, you can go in the manual, you can find out how to wipe everything, how to do a full reset on the console. It's not difficult. You put it uh, into, uh, I believe it is record mode. It's been a minute since I've been on one of these, so I'm going to have to look at a picture of one. But you want to reset that. And then you want to go ahead in the patch and, uh, you know, use that scroll wheel. And and it's really simple, actually. So, the you know, in a Leprechaun console, um, one of these old ones, they're great consoles, you know, super reliable. Um, they generally just work. You're going to go and you're going to go into patch mode and then uh, in the setup screen and then the yellow LED above that button will light up and you'll be able to um, enter the patch there. And again, this is all in the manual. So make sure you get the manual from leprechaun.com. I'll actually link to that in the show notes as well. Um, and you're able to go channel by channel. So that's channel is, is a referencing what's on the board and say that then say what DMX number you want to be modified with that channel, what you want, um, to go ahead and uh, be able to control there. Okay. And, and then as you do that, you know, you're just going to be able to go channel by channel and, and modify that. And then when you're done, you can hit the run mode and uh, get out of that mode. So, um, you can definitely erase it all. You could definitely work with what you have. It just kind of depends on, on how, um, intense of a modification you're going to get, you're going to do. Um, I think once you get the hand of it, you know, you follow the manual, it, it's not too difficult to do. These things are, are actually really intuitive. And, and once you kind of get the feel for how it likes to work, um, then you're able to make that happen. But, you know, looking over your question again, you want to completely remove the grouping so each lighting fixture can be on its own channel. So you may want to just wipe the console. Uh, take note before you do wipe the console. And just take note, like, hey, okay, I bring up this first fader and it brings up this light and this light. Maybe draw a picture and say, okay, you know, that's brought up on fader one, fader two. And you can go through the current patch and kind of write down where everything comes up on the DMX numbers um, in, in that console, you know, on the um, dimmer and channel numbers. You can, you can write all that done. And uh, so the dimmer is the DMX number. And um, you can just go ahead, take down all those dimmer numbers so that you know where your lights are uh, plugged in and then you can repatch that. And uh, it's it's not too difficult. Again, once you get used to it, you know, at first, like anything, it's going to be like learning to swim, um, but you'll get better as you go along. Awesome. So Joey writes in, I'm in a band and I just switched from Show Express to DMXs. Awesome. Are there any kind of presets for lights so I don't have to build every scene to make a preset? Um, is there anything that makes that easy? Um, and I see there's a new version of the program, Platinum, uh, DMX is Platinum. Does that have any kind of feature help? Ha ha, Joey, I don't know why you're saying ha ha, but okay, whatever. Um, so yeah, so DMXs, there are some, okay? And uh, so I'm just gonna launch it and I'll kind of walk you through a few things real quick, Joey. So the first is that if you select some red, green, and blue channels, some some RGB and you can you can kind of uh, shift or control and double click to get all the like channels. You can then go to macros at the top of the screen. Um, it's kind of in the middle next to the word DMX. This is DMX. Then there's a light that flashes if your interface is plugged in. Then it says preset manager. 
then it says macros. And in those macros, you can get some different chases. There's colors there, so you can set different colors really easily. There's fanning, um, which kind of allows you to, to modify a parameter, um, kind of just set a fan mode experiment with it, and you'll kind of see what it does, um, kind of offsetting different lights. Then there is um, selecting. You can select all your RGB, all your color channels. Then there's shapes, which are um, basically movements, you know, for moving lights especially, but you can use them on other types of channels. And, um, and then there's a ability to stop things um, in, under utility. So look at those macros. And then also, when you go ahead and you select channels that are assigned to pan and tilt, that are assigned to, um, you know, pan tilt channels for moving heads, down in the bottom left corner, there's actually kind of an XY graph there, okay? And you can literally go ahead you know, I'm just going to do this quick. I just open a blank show, but I'm going to patch a fixture that's got pan and tilt. I'm going to select those pan tilt channels. And then I'm going to go to that XY axis there at the bottom. And, and you can do in that bottom corner, you can move that around to move pan and tilt together. So that can be a huge help as well. Um, and uh, that can kind of help you build some stuff quicker. Now, there aren't presets like, like palettes that you may find in other consoles. Um, DMX's is more simple than that. And uh, the Platinum really doesn't have a lot of advantage in this regard. Um, the Platinum can speed things up. I've just been playing with it over the past few days since it's new within the last week as I'm recording this. And it can speed things up in the sense of uh, running effects over a lot of lights and doing effects kind of running them almost like video or as video directly. But as for making presets for like moving light positions or intensity levels or things like that, um, it does not have that ability. Now, what you can do in DMXs when you're building things is you can go ahead and build, say you build a bank and call that your presets. And then you build in some colors, you build in some positions, stuff like that, or maybe just some places to start. Then when you're building a new scene, you can actually select a preset you know, for a given position or color or, you know, a starting look. And then you can go in there, you know, modify those lights, go back to the preset manager, press new preset, give it a name, and then um, hit overwrite just to save it. Um, though it should save when you hit new. Um, you can totally do that. And then that's going to give you that ability to, you know, literally go ahead and um, have that control, have that ability to kind of build off things you've previously built before. So I hope that helps, man. Um, if you haven't checked out my DMX's tutorial videos on the LearnSageLighting.com YouTube channel, we'll be sure to link to those in the show notes as well. Um, just a, a series of videos on getting started with DMX's. It's got some tips like that as well. Awesome, guys. Um, Bartek writes in and says, I have a question about Onyx from OSC. Um, can I edit the pages myself? I mean, mainly about the fixture center. Thanks, Bartek. Yep, absolutely, Bartek, you can. So there is an application. I will link to it in the show notes from hexler.net on the Touch OSC page. If you scroll down on the link that I'm going to provide in the show notes, you can get an application called the Touch OSC Editor. It runs on Mac, it runs on Windows, it runs on Linux. So you're good to go there. And when you, um, when you download that, you can then download the OSC file that you're using, um, which is probably the one that you downloaded directly for Onyx um, from their support website. And you can totally modify everything. You can move things around. You can change their sizes. You can add things. You can remove things, whatever. So 
dive into that. There's also a guide on um, the Onyx website, and actually I'll link to that as well, um, where where you download the uh, OSC. And, and, and in that box file, there's a little guide that kind of tells you about all the different functions that are available inside of the um, Onyx app and, and where they're accessible via OSC. So you've got that ability as well. It's called the uh, M-Series OSC commands PDF. And uh, we'll, we'll link directly to that in the show notes as well. And so so that you've got that ability too. So um, all those options are, are totally there for you. Um, so be sure to check that out. Actually, the individual file is not linking well. So we'll link to the folder, but, but uh, you'll be able to find that file there to be able to get that OSC um, you know, commands instruction, and then you can go in there, you can modify that layout with whatever you want it to do. And uh, you're going to see all the abilities there. Awesome. Now, uh, Ben writes in, and uh, he says, Hello, I was wondering if I could speak more about CleanNet, how to set it up, what program you should use for it on your PC, and uh, you're looking into using the Epics Strip Tour by Chauvet. Um, with an Epix Drive 900, but not sure about the specifics when it comes to doing things with CleanNet. How can I hook that program up to my lightboard? Now can I trigger things in the program from my console? I have a Martin M1, but I'm assuming there is a way to patch the channels into every board. Yes. So with CleanNet, um, and I'm just going to check your Epix Drive 900, CleanNet is a closed protocol that is made by Archaos, which is a... Um, a media server company, okay, a company that makes control products for video, okay? And so, yeah, the Epix drive can support ArtNet and SACN. So let's talk about CleanNet for a minute. So CleanNet, it's proprietary. And so you can only really use Archaos products, as far as I'm aware, to control it. So Archaos has a program, if, if you want to map it, you know, via video, um, pretty easily. The the thing that's nice about ClingNet is ClingNet is pretty easy to do. It's pretty easy to work with. Okay. You're able to really pretty simply, you know, get the fixtures in there. They kind of auto show up in the software and you're good to go. So software that's available through ClingNet is um, Archaos's Media Master, Grand VJ, and LED Master. If you're just using LEDs and you're not using screens at all, then you'll probably, if you want to use CleanNet, you'll want to use Archaos's LED Master. And I'll link to that in the show notes for sure. Um, and so basically what's going to happen, Ben, is, you know, you're going to be able to go in there, hook up all your stuff in Archaos. Um, it's $320 for the full software license. Um, and, you know, you're going to be able to run video on that thing. And then... I think, I'm not an expert by any means on LED Master, but you should be able to then control that over DMXs with some basic, or over DMX rather, with some basic channels through Onyx, okay? Um, or through your Martin M1, which may be running MPC, but it's it's upgradable to Onyx, the latest version of the software. And so basically, um, that's one option. Now, the other option is that this Epix Drive 900, I just looked it up, um, can support ArtNet or SACN. So I don't know how many of these you're going to do, you're going to use, but you could literally control them via ArtNet or SACN, um, SACN being my preferred option, straight out of Onyx, okay? So if you're not doing a ton of these things and you just want to run some basic lighting chases on them instead of video, you could totally run them over SACN through 
um, through Onyx directly. You could also use another program called Entex LED Mapper, which is um, could be a little cheaper than, than the uh, LED Master software. It depends on how much output you're going to use, how many lights you're going to have, um, which you didn't tell me about, so that's all right. And Entex LED Mapper is another media server type product where you can simply you know bring stuff in and then get a ton of control over the video you play on it and trigger that really easily through a lighting console. So Entex uh, LED Mapper is another one that I recommend highly because I've used it. I found it for as far as pixel mapping software goes to be the easiest to set up and the easiest to work with. And it can also do some crazy complex things. So that's why I really like that. And, and the cool thing is that you can use ArtNet or SAC and you don't have to use ClingNet with that Epix Drive 900 because ClingNet really, you know, ties you into the Archaeos ecosystem. You really can't use it with anybody else's control products. And, and that can be okay, for sure, um, if that's what you need. But if you don't want to use Archaeos's, you know, software, then you don't have to. You can use these other protocols. You can go straight out of your M1 uh, with some of these protocols and control the stuff directly or use a program like Entex Elm to uh, have a little more control over using video on these units. So those are all options, Ben. I hope that helps you um, on what to do there. All right, guys, that is it for questions this week. Thank you to everyone who wrote in questions. It's always a lot of fun answering your questions and uh, I have a lot of fun doing it every week. Now, I mentioned at the start of the show, Learn Stage Lighting Labs. And I just want to gloss over it again quick. Just want to talk about it for a second because a lot of folks who write in or who are, you know, listening to my, my podcast um, on my website are new to lighting. And so one of the things that I love about Learn Stage Lighting Labs is that you can hop in there and for, you know, less than the cost of your internet bill for a month, you know, over a year for about the cost of an LED light, an LED par or something like that, you can go ahead and you can have access to not only me in the forums and other members who are going to help you with your lighting, but also a library of training videos that's always being expanded and uh, updated to make sure it's supporting all the latest software and all the latest things in the lighting world. So you get access to all of that stuff to really shortcut your way to creating great lighting. So if you're new here, or maybe, you know, you've heard me talking about this before and you're thinking to yourself, okay, you know, I'm new to this, you know, I'm, you know, trying different things and banging my head against the wall sometimes. And, you know, wouldn't it be great if I, if I could have somebody, you know, just really walk me through the basics and, and even some more advanced stuff and, and help me, you know, to do this the right way the first time, then, then you definitely want to check out Lauren Stage Lighting Labs. It's a, it's a really great way to, uh, you know, just be able to go ahead and, and really, you know, accelerate your way to lighting success, really speed up that learning and uh, get you going faster. So give that a check out. We'll have the link in the show notes or you can go to learnstagelighting.com slash labs to get in more information and sign up for Learn Stage Lighting Labs today. Awesome. Thank you guys for hanging out with me on the podcast today. As always, show notes are at learnstagelighting.com slash zero. 42 because this is episode 40 so you had to check the episode number there so you can get the show notes there and uh, be sure if you're new here to go to learnstagelighting.com slash quiz so you can get a free guide to help you begin with lighting lastly don't miss next week's show we're going to be continuing what we started last week 
talking about planning a big event. And so I don't want you to miss out on this. And we're going to be talking about, you know, the execution of an event from rehearsals all the way through the event and then um, after the event. So you don't want to miss that. All right, guys, thank you for listening. I'll see you guys back next week. And that's it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the Learn Stage Lighting podcast. Be sure to visit us at LearnStageLighting.com to see show notes, past episodes, and download a free guide on how to begin with lighting in your specific context. I'll see you guys on the site. Thanks. Thanks.